Welcome to episode three of the Dark Side of Business podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to Dr. Calarco about some of his business practices and how he got his start going. And of course, today's episode is sponsored by Sally Sue's Coffee. Don't just drink coffee, drink coffee with a purpose. And Tyler, I thought maybe this week we'd start things off a little bit differently and maybe... You know, we're talking about the dark side of business, things that happen you you might not expect. Is there anything from this past week? It's been a week since we talked. Anything that, like, stands out in your own business that you weren't expecting to happen and you had to deal with as a business owner? Absolutely. We can relate to that uh, today. We had oh, a, how about that? We had a driver who left our company for another opportunity. Um, great guy, but still put us in a position where we had to adapt. So. I got to run my own delivery route. I haven't done that in quite some time. So I still got in, ran the route, delivered. Um, it was actually kind of nice though, getting to talk face-to-face to a lot of those customers. But it, again, it's one of those things that if someone calls off, if your, your team can't cover it, it still falls back on you, um, especially until you scale to a certain level. And a lot of times, even as you scale to those higher levels, you're still going to have to hop in and do a lot of that. So for me, it was very interesting that I, I got to roast, run production, and deliver. So I got to go to a full circle, um, which kind of worked out nice, though, getting to talk to some customers. I haven't spoke to them a little bit. It's just one of those things that uh, a lot of people might, you might not realize. You forget that you hire people to do a job, but all of a sudden they get a new job or they don't call, they call off. That job still has to be done. Yes, absolutely. No matter what happens, the job still needs to get done because people still are going to want a product at the end of the day. All right. Well, let's send it over to our interview with Dr. Calarco. All right. So we have a great guest today. The guest that we have coming on is Dr. Christopher Calarco. This is a doctor turned businessman. The guy's brilliant. He's a hustler. He's the guy in Chicago. So. I wanted to bring him on to kind of give us a little bit of a background on his experience in the business field, especially in the medical aspect. So that's something we really haven't touched a whole lot, lot on in our actual podcast. So I thought he would be a great fit for today's show. Uh, Dr. Clark, would you mind giving us a little bit of a background about yourself? Yeah, sure. I graduated uh, as a chiropractor in sports medicine in 2010, um, ended up practicing in a small practice for about a year, year and a half. It was a fantastic experience, learned a lot uh, from that actual practitioner that took me under his wing uh, on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, but realized he just really didn't have the type of business that I wanted to run. Um, I also understood the fact that, uh, you know, it can't really scale your time. There's a, it's a finite resource, and I was looking into other ways to actually maximize my time as a physician and help as many people as possible. And that's how I founded Accident Treatment Centers. It's a clinic uh, system. It's a network of physicians, Cairo, pain management, orthopedic, etc. And we focus on a specific patient patient niche um, where we're actually helping people. And I'm able to train these doctors on how to treat this specific patient niche and get the best results possible and able to kind of, you know, leverage my time so that we are able to take a percentage off each one of these uh, these cases. Perfect. So the first question we always start with, and and I love this question because I think of this question all the time and it always evolves with me as well. What is something you wish someone would have told you when you first started a business that would have been vital to your success? You know, that's a tough question because what first comes to mind is just patience. Um, And it's something Gary Vee discusses a lot. 
But um, when you're first starting a practice, I think, or a business, I should say, I think it's really difficult to understand all the pitfalls that are going to basically present themselves and how much time it's actually going to take, you know, to build what you're looking for and implement a vision. Um, you know, we always think it's going to be a straight path. And as you all know, you know, a lot of times it's just not. There's all these little underlying issues that are going to pop up, fires you're going to have to put out and, um, you know, different avenues that you're going to take. And it's just never a straight line when it comes to building the business. Uh, if there was something I had <laughs> for me specifically, if there was one thing I had to you know, to tell myself it would be uh, that payment in our business is going to take some time, um, actually much longer. Our payment time uh, for work that is done is anywhere from like eight months to two years. Uh, so with that kind of variability, it's a little bit hard to plan ahead. And when we got in the space, we didn't realize actually how long it was going to take. So doing the front end work, especially on the basics, which, you know, I know sounds kind of silly, but sometimes you don't think of it, you know, when you're jumping into an adventure, uh, would save a lot of time on the back end. So you talked about a lot of our guests have already talked about um, capital and money being one of the biggest things they wish somebody would have told them. What are some of, you kind of mentioned a couple of them there, but what are some of the other pitfalls that, that you ran across when you were starting your, uh, your business and practice? Some of the pitfalls, again, was the payment time, you know, which I just kind of dived into. But also, I think we did do a good job of being lean and mean. And I think that's important. I think a lot of times people want to get capital up front, you know, or take out loans or, or, or get investors. Um, but it's really a good idea, in my opinion. And, and this is what we did, too, was just bootstrap it, you know, stay lean and mean, be humble. You know, you don't waste any money. You know what you're working with. Um, and as long as you can put in the sweat equity and you have a solid group around you, uh, even if it's just you and maybe one other person in the beginning, or it could just be yourself, you know, you're just maximizing your time. Um, and when you are able to grow that business, the, you know, the financials are going to be all yours versus having to pay back somebody else or, you know, having them take a percentage off the top. Absolutely. One of the things that you touched on, which I know I struggle with and you could speak to is the patience aspect. And I think that's a big piece that we talk about a lot from a business standpoint, um, looking at, what I see is I'm I, on one of the previous episodes I talked about net 60 next 90. Um, I can't imagine eight months to two years on the forecasting. So that's got to obviously throw some wrenches into what your revenue streams look like and when they're coming in. Um, so you had mentioned, though, as an individual or a team, one of the things that it took me a long time to understand until recently. And again, we have a good relationship, so you're well aware of this, is that um, it's teams that make you successful. It's often the people you surround yourself with are who allow you to make these leaps and bounds and taking as much advice as possible. Have you been fortunate with being able to get a good team of people around you? Do you attribute that a lot of that success to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's going to be crucial. Uh, sometimes you want to just be the master of one and just kind of do things yourself. But in actuality, we all know that you can't be a practitioner in every single space at everything. And that's something uh, that's one of the pitfalls, just to go back to that, that we experienced. You know, I was trying to do the marketing, the treatment, um, you know, the finance. I'd be trying to do everything. And what happens is you just get spread too thin. And a lot of times you end up doing, you know, nothing maybe at its capacity. In the beginning, you know, it's good to learn those things. And sometimes you don't really have a choice. Uh, but I will say that we did bootstrap in the beginning, going back to the financial question. But if I was to spend or to take out more um, 
uh, equity or, or even a loan on, on starting the business, I would have hired a, a more solid team around me because I think that can almost be like rocket fuel to the business. Um, it really helped us grow when I realized those, you know, those key things when we brought on somebody to actually specifically do the marketing, when we brought on case managers and other, you know, key people, even a consultant um, to help us really get dialed in in the marketing who knew what they were doing, who I just would not or you would not have the time as a small business owner or a business owner just to get so dialed in in each every specific each and every specific aspect, you know, that it takes to really grow a business. So, yeah, having a solid team is going to be very, very important. How, how important would you say um, you're putting a team around you, but also personal branding? That's uh, one thing that's huge now with everything is you, you got to get your stuff out there. You got to let people know who you are. How important is the personal branding aspect of starting a new business? It's huge. I think it's massive. I think it takes time. I think that a lot of people don't have patience to do it. And I can understand why they want to grow as fast as possible. But really, you don't have a choice. I will say that a lot of our growth, especially in the beginning, was just based off personal brand. You know, me going out there, doing them putting a face to the name, understanding that we're going to give the best patient care possible. Um, they know that we're going to have excellent communication, um, that we're on the social platforms even in the beginning, I even if you're doing it by yourself, that you're putting a really great message out there so that when somebody's thinking of what service they need, you're going to be top of mind. That just takes time to develop. You know, it took us a good probably a year and a half for me really to get out there, you know, again, with the sweat equity and, and just pound the pavement, meet everybody in the space that we needed to meet and make the connections that we needed to make in order to really grow. And then once we got more awareness through the digital marketing, you know, the social platforms, etc., I mean, things just grew exponentially. So brand awareness is going to be crucial. So one of the questions I have for you now, I know from... My personal experience, I've seen how much you guys have been able to scale. And I know that some of the biggest growth pains and issues I've experienced as an entrepreneur is scaling. So what have you found to be something that assisted you in scaling successfully? And what is what are, what are some of the pitfalls I guess you've seen from scaling is, because the majority of entrepreneurs I've spoke to, they've tied it back to um, basically growth is what they blame the majority of their downfalls on because everybody wants to grow too quickly. So I've just, right. you've been able to scale pretty successfully. So what have you seen as the, the things that aided in that and some of the downfalls that you wish you could have caught on that? Yeah, I mean, scaling obviously is going to be important for any business, but you, the main thing is that you're providing the best quality service that you can. And that's what we had to do. You have to make sure that you have a strong foundation in place. This way, when you do start to scale up, uh, and then you have the resources, and that's just not for patient services, but that could be financial, so that when you do start to scale up, you're actually able to grow into that space, uh, and it's pretty seamless. Some of the biggest issues I see are people, they're in such a rush to kind of scale up that they overlook things that maybe they wouldn't have overlooked if they had thought a little bit more about it or even just followed their instinct. You know, for us specifically, I can tell you that if I get a certain vibe or if I get feedback on a physician that we want to bring on board or, you know, a new company we want to work with or a new law firm, um, as important it is, as important as it is and how much and as, as much as you want to grow, um, you know, it's important you don't compromise your values or, you know, you, you follow your instincts because I will say that when you don't follow them and then you scale up and maybe you get a customer or a, um, you know, a referral source that's going to be able to provide a lot of business for you. If they're not in alignment 
you know, with your values and your business values, it can create a lot of issues. Um, and it also is just, it's just not how you want to do business. So I think I would be patient again, just to keep coming back to that and make sure that when you do scale, you know, you're doing it the right way and that you have the resources so that your services are not going to be uh, compromised. That makes a ton of sense. I know one of the things that we've really doubled down on in the last few months is on the quality of the product. And the other thing that we've really looked at is from our, my personal company is on that branding. So for us, it's becoming Fair Trade USA license. It's getting right. the organic certifications, a lot of that, and really making our brand stand out from everything else that's available. And like you had said, for us, again, we focus heavily on being a social responsible company. And I, one Huge. of the things that we've really focused on with that is who is the right partner for us as a company? And that ties directly with what you said, so that makes a ton of sense. So one of the things I also like to ask is, you talked about um, putting the brakes on, essentially, if you get a bad vibe or something in line with that, and that's something we've talked a lot about. Um, what is something that kind of keeps you grounded and kind of helps you put those brakes on in those high stress moments or those moments where you get because we all get super excited and we want to jump but what are those what are those things that help keep you grounded and kind of help you keep from making that jump and then kind of deal with those high stress moments i think it's just perspective and you know self-awareness knowing who you are what you want what kind of company you want to build and i mean you know like if you have to force or you have to come up with a rationale or overlook how you're feeling um to grow or to, you know, again, be aligned with some kind of referral source, business partner, customer, et cetera. It's just, it's, it's not a good move. And I think, you know, it's a mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make and why, you know, we've made it once or twice and we grew from it. We learned from it and it ended up costing, you know, a lot of time, energy and effort to get out of that situation or to, you know, again, rectify uh, some of the damage that was done. You know, when you're dealing with people who just, again, are in alignment with your values. So it's important just to listen to yourself uh, and not overlook things with the excitement uh, before you make any major decision. I think it's important to do your due diligence and bet, you know, the person um, to make sure that, uh, again, they, they really are the kind of person you want to deal with. So now what now for the grounding aspect, when you and I'm assuming that you experience the same thing I do, business can be stressful. You're always putting out different fires. What have you found as a way to ground your kind of de-stress? One of the things that we had talked about is um, like my fiance, my son, um, a previous guest had talked about, you know, their family exercise. What is something that you found that helps you with that when you get to that point? I mean, I would definitely go to the exercise. Um, I work out consistently. I think it's a good way to reset. Meditation's huge. Uh, but again, the alignment of your values, knowing what you want, who you want to deal with, and who you want to be as an individual. You know, when you lay your head on the pillow every single night, you want to make sure that you're recapping the day and, um, you know, you're making the moves that you want to do that, uh, that kind of back up who you are as an individual and a company. So I think those are the important things as far as grounding. I also think as an entrepreneur, it's important to take some time we all get caught up and uh, anybody who's in this space is probably really excited about growing their business. Uh, sometimes you're doing it nonstop. And I think it is important to realize that you need to take a step back and rejuvenate. Like I just did a four day hike through Sedona, uh, turned off my phone. My team was aware they couldn't get a touch with me unless it was an emergency. Uh, you know, when I come back today, extremely reinvigorated, um, she's gone for the four days hiking. So I think it's important whether it's, you know, friends, family, or just those opportunities to kind of get out there and uh, just be in the moment and turn off you know, your business mind. Uh, it's really important. And then also, I think you come back rejuvenated. 
you know, ready to hit it harder and you have some great ideas on how to, how to grow. Absolutely. I think that's key. And like, I always find that playing with my six year old, it's uh it's definitely changes my perspective. Um, and then one of the things, and I think like you've heard me say this before, the other thing I always look at is my brother always asks me if I've been shot at today. And I usually tell him no. Exactly. And he's, and it's always a good day. Huh? I will say just to, to, when you talk about pumping the brakes and things like that and perspective, yeah, I, that is something I do as well. I should have mentioned always kind of thinking about, you know, something could happen to your family or you could be in this certain situation. That's way worse. Sometimes we look at things and we think they're at the end of the world when in actuality, you know, the world's going to keep spinning and you really got to understand that this is something that's, uh, this is an issue that you can deal with. You can deal with well, and it's going to be one of many that you have to, uh, basically solve and i think it's also important to understand that things are never going to be perfect and when you wake up every day as a business owner there are going to be a lot of fires you have to put out and there's also going to be a lot of amazing things that happens you have to kind of take you know take both of those and uh deal with them accordingly absolutely and it's and that's what we've talked about before it's kind of a roller coaster of emotions in that aspect but it's always something that we can manage and that's something that i really try to push hard even some of the mentoring and the talks that i do um, you said it really well there in the fact that, and I said this on the previous podcast, and it's kind of goofy, but at the end of the day, your family's still going to love you. Your dog's going to still love you even if you go bankrupt. Life still continues after that. So if we always keep that in perspective, I think that's a great point, is that things are always going to be all right. Absolutely. And also, I, I, it really is. And health. I mean, health is one of the most important things. And you got to really, again, have that perspective and focus on your health in order to be the, uh, you know, the best entrepreneur you can be. That's a great point. And I, I'd love to kind of go with that angle um, because I can't tell you how many, and I'm not trying to pick on any business people or entrepreneurs out there, uh, people who are eating terrible, you know, stopping doing the drive through they're not working out. And it's causing a ton of stress on their hearts. It's causing a, tr- a ton of stress on their body. Um, I'd love to get some your feedback, you know, kind of being a, in the medical field about what that can do. I mean, what do you, you'd like to elaborate a little bit? I more? mean, it, it, it's huge. I mean, we all know how we feel when we do simple things. And simple things, a lot of times, the foundational things are the most important. And that's just, you know, get adequate sleep, you know, eat the way that's the best when you feel the best. Um, making sure you're drinking enough water, getting your exercise in, you know, mental health as far as meditation. I mean, I use exercise as a form of meditation. Um, it's a good way to decompress. And it's it's hard. And I understand that as an entrepreneur, especially when it's like go, 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 and you're trying to burn that midnight oil. But at the same time, you know, I, you come back stronger, you come back better. I think you have more to give. In fact, I know you have more to give. And I, you definitely make better decisions. Um, when you're not stressed out, you're not hungry, you know, you're not exhausted and you're not, uh, you know, kind of feeling like crap because you're not taking care of yourself. So that's a, it's a crucial thing that you need to be aware of. Absolutely. And I think that I found it's little things where some of the, the greatest aha moments are when you're not even working. Have you, have you ran Great. into that too? Absolutely. Uh, whenever I, again, like you're in the gym working out, maybe you're going for a long run. But for me, I mean, I just had some really good ideas while we were hiking in Sedona. You know, you just kind of turned off. You're giving yourself some time to think. I think nowadays with technology, you know, there's always there's going to be so many inputs. And I think controlling those inputs is extremely important. And, you know, when you're giving yourself some downtime is when you get these epiphanies, uh, especially when it comes to business or a problem within business that you're trying to solve. 
Well, take it back to when you got your start, because the last guest we talked to talked about how important it was to have a good business plan. Um, just kind of go off of that and how you guys, it sounds like you guys had a pretty good idea of what you wanted to do, what you wanted your business to be, what goals you wanted to reach, but how important was it to have that business plan, that kind of template laid out for you guys to reach your goals that you wanted to? Yeah, I think it's important, but I also think at the same time, like you really never know how it's going to go. So I think to have those goals in mind and have a vision for what you want to do, the details may change. For us specifically, it was we had some major clients uh, in, a, in a region of the, the U.S. that we knew wanted to work with us. And uh, we had such a, a great service that, you know, it was kind of a no brainer that we would be able, you know, with hard work and determination, be able to leverage that and really expand it and grow. Um and we had a vision on how to do that. And then when you get into the space, you know, the details are going to change, but the overall vision of growth, how to help people and how to be of service doesn't. So um, having a plan is going to be extremely important, but it's also going to be important to be flexible and understand that uh, things don't always go as planned and you need to make decisions, you know, when problems or changes arise and it's not the end of the world, uh, you will adapt and you will thrive. Now, one of the other things I wanted to briefly touch on is that we see a lot of people have a hard time with is one-time management, which you've touched on um, once. And the other thing is, how do you set goals for you? So, I mean, with everything you've got going on um, with multiple locations, everything, how do you set those short-term and long-term goals? What, what have you found to be an effective way to do that? Actually, I think they go hand in hand. So for me, it's the time management aspect. A lot of things are really scheduled out. I'll make sure. I think you can get overwhelmed with the amount of tasks that you have to do, especially running multiple businesses or really trying to expand or grow your business. So to have things really um, scheduled out as far as, hey, you know what, this today I'm spending one hour and maybe it's your most productive hour on something that's your biggest problem that you really need to brainstorm on. Um, me personally, I just use uh, Google Calendar. So I make sure that it's lined up. You know, I have X amount of time to focus on maybe the marketing reps, the internal things that we have going on. Uh, and just when that time is up, that time is up. Otherwise, I feel like you could do a deep dive into a lot of this or you could waste time uh, and not really get to all the tasks that you need to get to. So, you know, uh, I learned this kind of in school when you're taking multiple, you know, subjects, pathology, neurology, et cetera, where it was like, OK, I have two hours to study neurology today. I need to get through as much as possible. Uh, and then you keep repeating that process every day. It's kind of like going into the gym. Maybe you don't need the best workout every single day as much as you would want that, but just getting in there and getting the reps in day after day after day after day, you know, after six months, a year, two years, you know, you're extremely further than you were before. Absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. Now, have you found that you block off hour by hour or is it in like four hour blocks? Yeah, it depends. So we're developing a course right now that I'm writing content for that I have been for like the past eight months, uh, specifically on this niche. It's a course that's going to teach doctors how to do it. It's an online course and um, I'm not the strongest writer. So what I'll do is I block off two hours every morning to kind of dive in. It takes me about an 45 minutes to an hour in the morning for my routines. And then I dive into that right away very early before, you know, a lot of problems or uh, potential things I need to address start coming my way. Uh, take that two hours, start writing for the course. And then, you know, it depends on what the task is. Uh, sometimes I'll block off half a day just to make phone calls and follow up with specific people or maybe, to, you know, work with the, the marketing reps or, um, you know, work with our team. But most of the time I'll normally block off anywhere from half hour to maybe two hours, three hours max for a specific task. 
And then I also will break up that time with other things too, you know, walks where you can make phone calls, you know, uh, to break up the monotony sometimes of, you know, being behind the computer or whatever work that you're specifically doing. Definitely makes sense. That's something I got to do a better um, a job of. So one of the last questions I have for you, and it's something I'm going to start incorporating into the rest of the podcast because it's something I always love to learn, is you had mentioned your 45 minutes for your routine. Um, there's several books written on the routines of successful oh, yeah. people. So give me your routine. We, we'd love to hear it so we can kind of dive into yeah, this because so you're going to be yeah. the first guest to start this tradition. Yeah. So Aubrey Marcus has got a ton of great uh, info on it. So does Tim Ferriss, obviously. But for me personally, I mean, I'll snap up out of bed, uh, make sure that I'm not looking at my phone right away, kind of dive in, do the normal things that you would do, brush your teeth, you know, shave, et cetera. And then I'm going to go ahead and have uh, at least a 16, 18-ounce glass, glass of water with a little bit of lemon in it. Uh, I normally eat like kind of a meat and nuts with a little bit of fruit for breakfast, a small meal. Um, and then really kind of start working on my calendar and what the day is going to look like ahead and then get into that pretty quickly. So, uh, I will also do maybe a 10 minute meditation on most days. Uh, and then I will kind of just plow into the day. So how long is that, that typical start before you actually get to the office? How long are you, how much time are you giving before you start your day? I'm just curious. Uh, for me, it's probably about an hour to okay. an hour and a half. Okay. But it also depends because I am in the city a lot of times, so I'll be walking into the office. I'm able to make phone calls, etc. cetera, um, you know, while I'm on that short walk into the office. Uh, but most of the time, about an hour, hour and a half. All right. And the final question that we'll wrap up with is if you could recommend one book to entrepreneurs right now, what would it be? It would be Ray Dalio, um, Principles. I think the book is absolutely phenomenal. The man is, uh, you know, an icon when it comes to business. I think it pertains to any business. And, I mean, there's just so much valuable information in there that uh, any entrepreneur would be. <laughs> they took 25% of what, you know, he wrote. They'd be better off. Absolutely. I, I, I can't even tell you the number of takeaways I've got from that book. And I've read it three separate times. Um, there's so much valuable information. Just even hearing his story about him having this company and progressing back down to one individual himself and then scaling it back up is it's very um, on par with what we talk about even what you and I just talked about about survival absolutely absolutely he's got some great exercises he's always talking about value you know and his story is uh, it's definitely an inspiring one Thank you so much for your time and appreciate you hopping on perfect and I really enjoyed it fellas thank you so much yep thank okay. you Thanks again to Dr. Kalarko for joining us here on episode three of the Dark Side of Business podcast.